Welcome to the Make Disciples podcast, a short weekly podcast where we will share topics, ideas, and resources useful to you in your effort to follow Jesus as a disciple. Hey, welcome back to the Make Disciples podcast. We're glad that you have joined us. My name is Dan Rober, and I have the pleasure of being joined by Mike Shockey. Mike, glad to have you here with us. So I'm glad to be here, Dan. Thank you for inviting me. Um, Hopefully I can be a help to this podcast. You may be new to some of the people here at Wildwood. So tell us, what do you do here at Wildwood? I am a janitor. Um, Just kidding. Uh, But I would be. Actually, so I, uh, in brief, uh, came over from a church that I was pastoring on the west side of town, largely a college-age church known as Westwood. My wife and I have been members at Wildwood effectively since 2010, and so we consider this our home church. Uh, But David McNeely and I had been discussing for a couple of years prior to COVID the idea of bringing our small church in under Wildwood to regroup and rethink what it meant to have a west side or campus ministry. And so um, with COVID uh, being a good impetus for that, that's precisely what we've done. And so now I exist at least for the next year as we kind of test the waters here a little bit, try to help Wildwood as much as possible. And frankly, Wildwood helped me. I'm a pastor in residence here meaning that our ministry is actually paying for me to be here over the course of at least this next year. So it's pretty cool. It doesn't cost Wildwood anything, and I get to reap some benefits of working to finish my master's degree over the course of this next year or so, and Wildwood hopefully will see some benefit in me uh, studying particularly under Bob Evans in his role as congregational care pastor. So yeah, I'm excited about all that, and really just uh, it's an honor to be in this church. Yeah, super. I'm thrilled that you are here with us and we get to have conversations like this together. That's right. And besides that, I love you. And so uh, that's no big secret. That's right, everyone. I love Dan. He's amazing. And uh, we've been friends for a number of years. So what an honor for you to ask me to do this. So yeah, exciting. Yeah. Our topic today is uh, the importance of truth in the Christian life. Now, we should note this is fairly obvious, right? I don't think you would approach anyone on the street and no one's going to say that truth is not important for the Christian, right? That's right. Everyone's going to say it's important. But we want to frame this discussion a little and think about the importance of truth because Jesus talks about the greatest commandment as to love, right? When he was approached and asked what the greatest commandment was, he said to love God completely and to love your neighbor as yourself. And the question is, where does truth fit in with that? Well, there's a verse in Ephesians 4 that we want to consider and lay the foundation for our discussion. Ephesians 4.15, that says, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is ahead into Christ. Our podcast here, Make Disciples, is all about giving tips and tools and resources about growing in our lives as disciples. And this verse talks about how love and truth are very similar to each other, and both are required in the development of a Christian. We talk about love, and love is the foundation of our lives as Christians, but we also have to recognize that love without truth isn't truly love. And so we need to understand the importance of truth. So, Mike, why is truth-seeking so important for the life of a believer? I guess the first place, as as I start that in my own mind, is if Jesus is saying uh, that the greatest commandment is love, that is to love God and then to love your neighbor, 
what's he really doing there? Well, he's petitioning the Old Testament, right? He's petitioning the original Ten Commandments. And then he is saying that, uh, in effect, all of the other commandments are summed up under you know those two main commandments, the first of which always is to love God, then love your neighbor. And so, in truth-seeking, wouldn't it be right to say that one of the reasons that we seek truth is because, well, we see this in the Scripture, right? We see this, we see Jesus, who if we understand Jesus to be God himself, the Gospel of John tells us that in the first several verses, and also throughout that letter for that matter. But if we see that Jesus is God and he is saying, as the God who created everything, I'm telling you that the greatest commandment is to love God uh, and then to love your neighbor. I would think that we would want to seek truth first and foremost. The importance of it is, hey, if we have any inkling whatsoever, whether as firm believers in Christ or as people who are still somewhat skeptical or have a sense maybe in the back of their mind because they were raised this way or just have an inherent sense that, you know, to whatever degree I. I want to believe that God is God, and I want to believe that Jesus is amazing enough to say that he's God. And okay, that sounds to me like information enough to at least set us on a path to want to discover truth, to discover the importance of, we will say in this case, an objective anchoring truth that cannot be changed, because where does it come from? It comes from the Word of God, which in this case is written but it comes from the Word of God, who is what Jesus is described as, as the manifest, made flesh and dwelt among us, Word of God, right? One in the same, those two things being uh, the same Word. Yeah, and he used the term objective truth, and that's really yeah, important yeah. for yeah. us as believers because we're saying there is truth to be found. This is so much more than saying, oh, this is helpful for me or this is good for me, but it might not be for you. It's something else into each his own. No, we're saying this is truth. This is important for everyone. This isn't simply culturally contained or even chronologically contained. We're looking at something that is true for all time, for all people. If I tell you I like the band Rush, and man, I really like the band Rush, uh, you know, great drumming and I'm a drummer and it's just, to me, that is just an objective thing in my mind. Well, I know it's subjective truth, right? But if I come to you and I say, Dan, man, you got to love Rush. You got to listen to him because you, you just got to love him. Well, it's still a subjective truth, right? And it's still up to you to look at and go, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know if I'm going to get around to that or not because, I mean, that's your thing. And I don't know if that's really my thing. And, you know, but again, like you say, with Jesus, with God speaking, uh, written and otherwise, you just go, I at least want to know. That's something surely that gravitates me towards wanting to know. Is that really true? Because man, once you know that, if God really said these things, whatever it he says, you know, in this case, you know, love, for instance, uh, speaking the truth in love. Wow, I want to know. Is that a place I can hang my hat? Is that a place I can anchor my life in? Right? Does that make sense? I don't want to anchor my life in some subjective truth that you're throwing at me. You know, hey, you ought to check out this new food or this new restaurant, this new band. This is God. Absolutely. And everybody. Romans 1 says, has a sense of who God is. So at some level, that should be an appealing truth to investigate no matter who you are. Yeah, I think that's right. And we can look at it from the opposite perspective as well. What Paul says to Timothy in uh, 2 Timothy 4, where we see for a time is coming, this is verse 3, when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth 
and wander off into myths. Just as we know that there is truth, we also know that we can be attracted to things that are not true. Psychologists refer to this as confirmation bias, that we're drawn to things that align with our own particular feelings or political leanings or uh, what have you, and we're drawn away from actual truth. And so we have to recognize the need to pursue truth. Or we're tricked in some way and don't even realize it, that some subjective truth, that is a truth that is personal to you or is personal to a group of people who think like you think, for instance, we get lulled into thinking that there just couldn't be any way that that truth is anything but objective. This is just how it should be. You speak politically, and I don't want to dive into that too far, but just enough to say people on the right side you know, of the aisle, well, this is just how it's got to be. This is it. That's just objective. How can you not see it? Same with people on the left. How can you not see it? And at times, if we're not careful, we as Christians will say, and this is the part where we kind of join the speaking the truth in love, Christians will often say, how can you not see it? Are you kidding? I mean, this, this is Jesus. This is God. We want to say that, and that's a very passionate way to speak. But at the end of the day, the Holy Spirit of God must work in order for someone to see it. And what we really become is vessels that then must live in a way that is loving, that is affirming as much as possible the value of the person so that they can uh, at some point hear us when, if we're the ones to speak it to them, when God speaks the gospel through us to them, right? Yeah, I think that's fair. We're pursuing truth in a world that may lead us away from truth. And at the same time, we recognize that all truth is God's truth. God is truth. God is the author of truth. God is the reason why we can talk about objective truth. And God will use truth to help us build connections with people who are still looking for him. So we can say, hey, here's where we agree. I mean, we've seen this all throughout the book of Acts, for example. As we see Paul going to people and saying, you're almost there. You have this right. Let me give you the rest of the story. Let me help you understand it. So we make connections with people based on their understanding of truth and say, in this, we completely agree. And let's share the entire story of the gospel and the truth that's out there. Yeah, that's really good. Well, and you know, that Acts 17, I think it's verse 26, where it just talks about how God has very deliberately set you and I and everyone else down in the place where we would be, wherever that is, and that the primary reason that he does so is so that whatever's going on around us in our world, we would reach out to him, right? We would actually seek him. And the confirmation is to find him, right? That in seeking him, we'd actually find him. And I guess we would have to argue just from a logical standpoint, even if you're not a Christian, if you're seeking for anything and you're seeking along the wrong lines, <laughs> you're not going to find the thing that you're seeking for, right? It's not possible. And so you have to have truth. Here we are back to the importance of truth. You have to have truth. Not only do you need to find the truth, whatever that may be. In this case, we're saying that that's God, that that's him speaking from his word. You not only need to find the truth, the path along which you move to find that truth has to be a truthful path. And so we would ask in that case for God to move in the hearts of all those people that uh, here we are, you know, this is a discipleship broadcast, right? And we want God to move in the hearts and awaken those hearts, as Ephesians 2 says, they're dead otherwise, right? So we want him to move in those hearts and awaken those hearts so that when we do speak truth, when we do act lovingly, when we combine those two things, 
it is the most natural thing for them to respond in some way, whether they respond the first day or in 10 years, that they respond in a favorable way to hearing the gospel the many, many times that we will present it to them vocally, uh, you know, in action, those kinds of things. I think that's great. And uh, I think this leads to a really important question because of the importance of truth in the life of a believer. How do we pursue truth in our lives? And that's going to be the question for our next podcast. Hey, I'm loving it. All right. Hopefully we've been helpful. Yeah, we've uh, run out of time, but we will talk about this next time. So thanks for being with us, Mike. Perfect. Thank you for having me. And thanks for joining us as well for this episode of Make Disciples. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us for the Make Disciples podcast. We would love it if you would subscribe, leave a review, and spread the word. This podcast can be found in Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This podcast is a ministry of Wildwood Church in Tallahassee, Florida. Please join us again for our next episode of Make Disciples.